Hey there, Liz. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. Whoops, came in a bit earlier than expected. <laughs> That's all right. I was two goes to get us to connect. So we're getting the, we're okay. getting good. But I soon, know. should we actually do a face to face? I reckon we can, you know. Yeah. I really? Yeah, I think so. I, I, yeah, let's do it. Next okay. One. Next one. In person. Now, yeah. we do need to do it in person for another reason as well is because we need to drink a toast because last episode was actually our one-year anniversary and we were so no. con- <laughs> oh, so consumed with everything else that we forgot to mention that and although you were really great in remembering it for the uh, notes afterwards, um, I, was like, I actually wrote a really big line across the top of this episode's um, notes uh, in preparation going, one year anniversary, underline, underscore, underline, underline. <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> How weird to think. Like, I just think now that just feels like oh, it feels like five years ago. I'm just thinking of us in the office and yep. eating dumplings or whatever we're doing. Yep. And then the first one even. I don't know, but this just feels a lifetime ago. I think it was um in the car after the um Oh, what's it called? The Archibald Prize? Was that our first oh, one? Because yeah. we even did that, that do you remember? Wow, our... we used to go to art galleries. <laughs> well, we can so go I again didn't... now. Um, but do you remember we did that photo shoot on the, fo- on the steps yeah, and we got that stranger to take I photos of us? Yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do remember because I just, oh, it's funny, I just switched my clothes around because now it's winter. Exactly. I found the dress. I wore that oh, <laughs> oh, good memories. Good times, oh, Liz. Well, it's, it's been an amazing year for us. I think, you know, mm-hmm. in the world of podcasting, um, some ridiculous percent, I couldn't tell you exactly what it is, don't make it past the one-year mark. So like um, oh, wow. like a good marriage, we're, we're, we're still going. So yeah. happy anniversary, darling. Happy anniversary. <laughs> so we'll need to have a toast of some description, champagne or, yeah, something. Champagne or green tea. Something. Or maybe a little both. Um, (laughs) So how are you otherwise? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. Um, Yes, I pulled out. I made some, I even made some notes today. So I remember what to talk about. Um, (laughs) I've been reading. I've been watching TV. um, Doing what, found an excellent new podcast. And uh, yeah, so yeah, in in between. My day is pretty much kind of. It's well now involves a school trip, school yes. drop off that's new. Um, and they've split our school into two shifts, so mm-hmm. we're, we're on the late shift. I have no idea how we're going to go next week. We're on the early shift, yeah. We're on the early shift at the moment, well, so just, but that works for us because uh, I'll be honest with you, that's the kind of time they would get there anyway. So the late shift's going to be like a sleep in comparison, oh, yeah. Well, we just make where well, we just squeak it in before a detention on the late shift, so, um. <laughs> Anyway, that's a, and then the day is punctuated with um, a bit of work, and then I kind of wander into the kitchen and go, "Oh, I'm the dishes." I'll <laughs> pop a podcast on, or I'll listen to an audible. So then I wander back into work. So it's um, yeah, the we the day has a weird rhythm, but I'm managing to get a consume a bit of culture in between a bit of culture work stints. So yeah, so I've found. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. I don't know how I don't know how to deal with that on I don't think you can podcast recording, but anyway, so that's uh, all right. How about you? How's your Yeah, look, um like you, um there's a sort of a semblance of I don't like to use the word normality because I I think the norm the word normal suggests like things have gone back to the way they were when they really haven't. Um but it's uh the familiarity and the routine. And that's been really quite settling, I think, for everybody. Um, as we sort of go forward into um, the new terrain. 
and uh, you know, just sort of just trying to navigate um, within our bubble, of course, that we're allowed. But now, sort of now that we're allowed to travel a little bit, we're allowed to, you know, like sort of visions of you know day trips out of town, and just trying to expand one's horizon a little bit. I think is definitely yeah, on the cards. Yeah, we all need a change of scene. We all missed um, mm-hmm. Easter holiday break. You know, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's um everyone's. Oh, I don't know. Feels feels like you need to go and shake it all off somewhere. Well, and we're the lucky ones, you know, because there's so many people who are still in isolation um, around the world and have been in there longer than us. But due to the fact that we've done so well, thank goodness, um, we're in a position where we're able to do that and the numbers are so low. Yeah, it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary, yeah. And I was was expecting a spike, I must admit, but it's looking good so far. So was I, but look, I think uh, I think we're doing good, and I must say I'm not feeling as uh, may I use one of the first words that we used for our podcast in a liminal state. I mean, I still am, like because we're not back where we were, and we're not in a new state either. But um, I don't feel as floaty. I feel a lot more grounded and um, yeah, focused, and not as. I don't know, my brain started going a little bit fuzzy there for a while. <laughs> well, I think the big difference now is we can kind of make plans, right? So we're starting to, we're making plans to go and visit our family, yes. state and um, things that like the back end of the year type of plans are looking yes. like they might be a little bit more likely. Um, yes. So, yeah, so it's kind of nice to, yeah, we've got a bit more of a long view. It's that kind of uncertainty that's really makes you feel yes. weird. It does, it does. And also just having the same, same every day, you kind of, it's good to have, you know, change of scenery. It's as good as a holiday, as they say. So I'm going to launch, i got to launch, I'm busting to talk to you about Fowder. Tell me, tell me, because (laughs) I loved that. Tell me, what did did you think? So um, we are watching that. So um, my husband and I are watching that. Um, And we, I mean, it's just unbearable. We can, we're trying to restrict it to two episodes a night. So we're, but it's addictive, isn't it? Yes, and they're so good at like leaving it on an absolute cliffhanger mm-hmm. for the at the end of the episode, so you feel like you're going to die if you don't just keep <laughs> on going. <laughs> and then just before, literally, yeah, the format as you know is just just before the rolling credits at the start, they'll mm-hmm. have some sort of like three minute episode where you just mm. you just go, oh my god, really? Okay, <laughs> so then you're off off and rolling. So it's really it's really good, it's gripping. Um, Absolutely so gripping. I wouldn't recommend it if you um, – a friend of mine was saying she needed a little bit of escapism at the moment, so I don't, I don't think that's in the escapism category. But, no, um, it's very real. It's very real and, uh, yeah, pretty bit confronting and, um, yeah, but it's – I mean, it's tense and it's, um, it's very political, but um, it's just also, like, got some really great characters in it and lots of flawed characters on the Palestinian and Israeli side. Oh, yeah. Um, nutbags on both sides who are just sort of <laughs> intent yep. on revenge and other people mm-hmm. who are less, more moderate, not as convinced of the cause, all that sort of stuff. But it's more about, I don't know, I just find it more about the human element rather than mm-hmm. the politics of belonging to one side or the other. Is that yes. how you kind of... Yeah, yeah, and it was an incredibly intense um, thing. So, like you, I tried to limit how much I watched, but um, sometimes I I must say did more than two two episodes. But I think it's also that um, watching it at night and then going trying to go to sleep afterwards was a bit of an effort (laughs) because you're so like wound up and you kind of 
just so lost in what happened and can you believe it and oh it, it just was incredibly um the journey is like a roller coaster but there's some really high highs and very low lows and very gripping and uh, I think everyone who's watched it have absolutely loved it I think the second episode or second season rather was okay I preferred one and three as far oh, as really? the okay. season so, so we're about halfway through um Part two. Uh, oh, series okay. two. Sorry, I can't series even tell two. You. So I love so it's quite oh. interesting. I found there's a few parts of series two that feels a bit more like a you know, like a bit of a shoot 'em up cowboy style movie. Like the, mm-hmm. some of the shootouts kind of feel a bit more Hollywood style rather than that kind of gritty political kind of tension of the first series. But right. nonetheless, I think it's um yeah, it's really terrific. But then um, just wait because if you think season two is gripping, oh my god. <laughs> Season three, a whole nother level. Oh, and is that it? Are they making more or is that, is that, that all? I think three. So this they've just released three a few weeks ago. And I even think I talked about it on the podcast. But um, season four, probably it's so popular, like all around the world. People love Fowder. Really? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Very yeah. big following. And so do you know anything about, I don't know anything about how it was created, but it, um I presume it's like an Israeli production but with lots of Palestinian actors. Mm-hmm. Like how how yes. do they create that's, it? Because... No, that's exactly what it is. So it's right. a very, um, you know, cross-cultural, I guess, <laughs> production. And, um, yeah, so there's a number of both Israeli and Palestinian actors in there. And um, But I don't know the backstory either. Maybe that's something we can look into and report back to everybody. Yeah, it's sort of a really interesting kind of program and I mean it's sort of really um geographically kind of in in the kind of those little are they kind of really claustrophobic mm-hmm. towns where the, you know the Palestinian people are really really crowded in and yeah you know, it's very run down and quite poor and um yeah. and and that each shot is kind of that drone you know that drone looking down mm-hmm. the city where you think there's nowhere to hide and yet they're kind of there's, there's kind of um all this stuff going on within those sort of like look like rabbit warrens really and um so it's just very focused on that geographically on that I mean, it does go into israel but you don't it's yeah a bit of a side part but anyway that that kind of thing is really interesting anyway i'm just loving that Fantastic. oh good i'm so glad you're enjoying that well i watched um because it was a couple of weeks ago that we caught up a an a I want to say season, but a series that came out just after our last podcast and I was waiting for it because it looked amazing. So it's called The Great um, and it's set in 18th century Russia and it's from the director of The Favourite, which was a movie I saw over the summer. And it's a very quirky um, movie, The Favourite, about this duchess who has two women who vie for her favour and the extreme um, extents that they go. So this um, series, though, Catherine the Great is about Catherine the Great and um, her husband, uh, Peter, uh, who's not the Great. Her, his dad was the Great One. And, look, I'm not giving anything away with the history. Everybody, well, not everybody knows, but the story is she kills him essentially um, so that she can take power. But it is such a funny, witty uh quirky series and there's about nine or ten episodes 
It is very uh, true to the setting with uh, the costumes and the setting and everything. However, there is these things that they just build into it that just make it so modern and hilarious. So, for example, in one of the episodes, Catherine and Peter are walking and um, they're inside and there's, the whole court is there and there's a girls' choir and someone goes, oh, look, this is the, uh, the, Chernob- the Chernobyl um, girls' choir. Aren't they glowing? <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> so it's really, like, weird and funny and you're laughing a lot because – but it's also historical, so it can be very serious as well. But, um, you know, Peter's quite uh, dumb um, in true life and his character, so he just says stuff and you just laugh out loud. But it can be quite serious um, and it's very lusciously done, so it's very rich and the cinematography is really good and the characters are like the um, screenplay is really good. Uh, the writing's good, and it's just a very, very good cast. El Fanning is Catherine, and um, the other actors, I'm not 100% sure. I haven't really seen them before, but didn't matter. They were very good. So okay. highly, highly have... recommend it. Okay, I did see the shorts. Did they kind of talk to the camera and address the audience? Is this the... No, not... no. There is a couple of moments when it happens, but not really. It's not okay. like Fleabag where she does that a lot. What's um, the, what's the breaking the fourth wall or something? The kids always. They I don't know. Okay, all right. Well, that sounds good. Uh, yes. Put that on the list. Yes, and um, I, I also you... watched the Last Dance because of what you said, and I've been watching that with my son, and it's loved, loved it, loved it. Yeah, fantastic. Right? Yeah, it's really. Oh, yeah, he would love that. Mm-hmm. If you, if really all about that. the basketball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And did you get to watch The Secret She Keeps? Oh, yeah. I just finished uh, last oh. night, the last one, the last okay. episode. I felt like it fizzed a bit in the last, fizzed out a bit in the last episode. But still. It did, but I was still gripped, particularly in the last 10 minutes. I had my eyes covered and my ears covered at one point. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, don't shoot. Uh, I don't want to give it away. But, um, yeah, it did. It was a bit of a fizzle, but. You know, well, they had nowhere to go with the plot. I exactly, there was literally no. There was no further. Well, it could go one way again. I don't want to give it away. It could go one way or yeah. the other, and because of the way that they chose, agreed, there really was no yeah. other way. But look, I enjoyed it. It was a very, uh, a bit like Fowder in that um, I got very anxious from watching it, but it wasn't as gripping, I would say, as Fowder. Fowder's yeah, much was, more intense. No, but this was more like an airport novel. Yes, kind of. exactly. Mm. But um. Yes. I did watch two movies over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I've actually watched a couple more, but these two I thought were worth mentioning. The first one actually is um, one that we've had before. Whoops, can you hear me? Oh, there you go. I've just got a text, so I think I cut out. So the first one is called Roma, um, and it actually won some, um, I think, an Academy Award from a couple of years ago. It's set in the 1970s in Mexico City, um, and it's the story of – one particular like a she's a housekeeper but um and she has an unwanted pregnancy and she how she deals with it but it's very much a political what's going on in um Mexico at the time but also about gender politics and women in the society so it was a really brilliant movie and a lot of people said to me back when it came out how fantastic it is and I never I never watched it and it's on Netflix and it's a fantastic okay. movie um, and then on, I think it was Friday or Saturday night, um, I think it was like a really cold, rainy night, um, 
I was flicking through Netflix and I found The Kitchen, which has just come out. I think it was meant to go to the movies, but because of uh, COVID, it went straight to Netflix. Um, It's based on um, the Hell's Kitchen in 1970s and it's this uh, mob crew um, of women who replaced their husbands who've been sent to jail to start doing protection for the area. So it's Melissa McCarthy. Um, so it's not a com- it's oh, not a comedy though. I, love her. I know, but it's oh, not a comedy. Oh no. <laughs> it's quite serious. And the reason I actually watched it because otherwise I don't think I would have watched it. Elizabeth Moss is in it. So oh, Hands- okay. Handmaid's Tale, um, uh, Mad Men, that Elizabeth Moss. She's yeah. everything she's in. I love. Um, she's just such an amazing actor and uh, or actress rather I should say what did we say actor actress no I think actor, actor. It's gender actor. gender neutral yeah. so she's it's actually gender thank neutral. you it came already gender neutral yes it did so thank you um, she's such an amazing <laughs> oh we don't want to neutralize them um, but the movie is good okay I'd give it a six oh um, but it's the kind of movie that is okay but it carried, it got me through the couple of hours, glass of wine, rainy night. It was perfect. That was good escapism. So you know how your friend was wanting something escapist? That would be good. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Tiffany, right. Tiffany Haddish is the third actor in that and the three of them are incredibly strong, confident women, but not at the beginning. And then you watch their transformation. So, um, yeah, so that's something new and all right. Well, I probably won't. If you can see. Yeah, no. But... Roma, I would give 9.5. The Kitchen, about a six. And check out the lineup. I think I mentioned before, but check out the lineup on SBS mm-hmm. On Demand. Yes. Unbelievable movies there to choose from. Like you just about, um, you just about let, you'll go, just go in, cruise around for an hour and then leave again without actually watching them. There's so many good ones there. So that's. Um, uh, I'll definitely yeah, make a point of, of that. Yeah, I mean, there's sort of probably not a lot that would fit in the escapist category. But, um, <laughs> a lot of confronting and real drama. Yeah, you think I'll be able to be very smug and um, well-viewed after I've watched this lot. Oh, there's I'm sure. Look, no, they've always had good things and shows as well. Um, they've, they've always got some good stuff. That and I view, you can't really go wrong, I think. Yeah, although I found lately mm. Ivy, no, it hasn't been a lot to choose from there. But um, I'll tell you, um, in the lowbrow category, mm. is drunk his drunk history on uh, on demand on channels. Oh yeah, what? Have you no, this? what's it about? Oh, God. It, oh, it's so funny. Is it? So oh no. <laughs> so I get um, they get, they have. Oh jeez, is it about <laughs> people who are drunk talking about history? They're just drunk. They are just drunk telling history, but they're, they're already comedians. Right. So some work better than others. Okay. And they are so drunk. Oh, so I think I saw something on somebody shared a snippet on Facebook and it, oh. looked, it actually looked very, very funny. Yeah. So this is, I think this is either up your alley or it's not. Right. But um, we actually watched it with the kids and the language is appalling. Right. Like, but funny swearing. But they um they must give them like liquor shots to get them because it's it would be really hard to get that drunk. But they um well no it's not actually just, but just in that short amount of time on the television. <laughs> the short amount of time on the television. <laughs> and the fact that they've been happy to be filmed drunk, drunk. and they do so the first, them with alcohol during it from memory. Throughout, yeah, they keep, I remember they seeing something. And the drunker they get, the more they're demanding. Their next so funny, or whatever. So the, the the one to kick off is 
Anne Edmonds, mm. who's often on Have You Been Paying Attention, mm. and Harley Breen, who I think is, I think he's like a, he's on the radio, but he's also hilarious. And so they each are telling, they're each telling a, a different story. Yeah. Um, so there's two, basically two per episode right. is the point I'm making. Um, and that's a really fantastic one to kick off. So if you don't, if you like that, you'll probably keep going. But they, um, and so. What history the did they then, discuss or share? What period? Um, well, Harley Breen does um, Burke and Wills. Of course. But what they do is they have they have these famous like well not famous well known um, comedians yeah. acting out the scenes as they're described so that keeps cutting from the interview with the drunk <laughs> comedian and acting out but they're using the comedian's voice so they're miming to his description or her description of the the action right which inco- includes burps swearing oh jeez. <laughs> In costume as Burke and Wills. That's so funny. <laughs> so, anyway, so so I, I just, I mean, if you need a little lighthearted, oh, that sounds like real dinner, fun. Don't check out that. So you'll have to find that on. Anyway, that's, so that's on ten play. It's in stark contrast to Fowder. So that's on ten play. Yep, there you go. That's my viewing. Oh well, I think we've done a fair bit. What about reading? What have you been um, reading lately? Um, okay, so I'm going. I'm continuing on my quest through my bookshelf mm-hmm. of, uh, of books I've had most of my adult life. So I've um, just picked up The Once and Future King. Oh, what's that? Did you do this? Did you do this? No. Um, so this is, um, I, I think it's a trilogy actually that was so, and it's the Arthurian, Arthurian legend. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was written, I think it was written kind of maybe around the 1930s or something like that. So it's an, it's an old story now. But it's hilarious and it's sort of modern. Mm-hmm. Well, it's sort of a modern written in the 1930s, on... yeah. <laughs> yeah, but in a really funny, I mean, it's just such a quirky way to describe the legend. So it's not, it's, it's not sort of, oh, how do I describe it? I, I, it's really Have you had a coffee today? <laughs> Yeah, I've had two. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the ones of Future King. It, it, yeah. I think it's a cla- it's considered a classic, okay. and um, it's a re- basically a retelling of the Arthur story. Um, and King Arthur at the beginning is a sort of a nobody who's being raised by a a knight in a ca- castle. I don't, we don't know what's happened to his parents, mm. um, but he's learning he's learning the arts the arts of the knighthood. So he's learning to joust and. Um, have oh, birds of prey, what do they call that, when they go off on their shoulder and into the forest to catch rabbits. Hunting. So he's learning all those. Yeah, but with a kestrel or whatever. Oh, um, I, don't I don't know. I'll no, have to watch that. Drunk History um, to find out. Watch Drunk History <laughs> to find out. Um, and he's now encountered Merlin. Oh. And Merlin's yes. living backwards in time. So he brings sort of modern things back with him back in time, mm. time of King Arthur. So anyway, it's it's lovely. So I've um I rediscovered that and I, I was texting an old friend and I said, Did we did we do this at school in year eleven? She said, Yes, I've kept my copy too. Oh how good is that? So that's my reading. Okay. Um I've got a couple of other books on the go as well. Of but <laughs> honestly nothing nothing I would probably write home about oh. or even or, or talk about it in a podcast. <laughs> or talk about it in a in a podcast. Hmm. Um, oh, I have just started uh, the Dictionary of Lost Words. Oh, what's that? Uh, by Pip Pip Williams, I think her mm-hmm. name is. So that's a, 
um, fairly new release, um, and I'm just sort of at the beginning of that, so I'll tell, I'll, I'll let you know about that. Oh, that soon. sounds sound good. It came, it came high, highly recommended. Uh, and that's a non-fiction. I mean, it's a fiction rather. That's fiction. Right. That's fiction. That sounds like it could be a, a faction. Like it's almost like about the history of words and. Yeah, so I think it's one of those books where they've kind of. Uh, so it's the creation. She's a little girl, and her father is part of a, a group of academics who are creating creating a dictionary. Okay. And she's collecting the words as they fall down. Onto the floor, she hides under the table, oh. and um, that's about as far as I've got so far. But um, promising. Oh, it sounds really good. Well, I learnt the meaning or how the word posh came to be because it, that's kind of the, the, I guess, what would be in that book. You know, where did these words come from? So um, it came from in the days when people used to get around by boats and in the nice business class poshy cabins. Um, they were often like the best uh, situated on the boat. So they were always on the port uh, side, oh. outward bound, and then starboard side, homebound. So, homeward and bound. so on the oh. tickets, it would be P O S H. So this is an, acronym. an acronym for sailing and then became posh. Quite a cute. <laughs> It's really quite I cute. I thought so too. So I thought I'd share that with you. And especially with the light of the book that you're reading. So that might be, yeah, just thought I'd share that. Well, I also, I've read two books. I'm, um, I'm also uh, reading a trilogy at the moment, but slightly different. Um, it's uh, set in, it's not specific. So it's faction in the sense that it's um, Japan in the, 13th, 14th, 15th century, maybe even 16th century with lots of the warriors and the clans and the big families and there's the love interest and, you know, the whole thing of honour. And so it's a really beautifully written book. So it's called Across the Nightingale Floor. Um, it's by Leanne Hearn. And now I'm reading the second one, which is called The Grass for His Pillow. And so there is a third one as well. But um, it's a really... Light but interesting read, a good one for your friend looking for something escapist. Um, it's just, yeah, it's one of those that you can read any time of the day, put it, you know, wake up first thing in the morning, read a few chapters or late at night and it's just a beautiful story and I'm really enjoying it. This, this sounds like one I'll have to recommend to the Not So Serious Book Club. Yes, of course. An absolute go-to for um, anyone who needs to read a, a nice sort of um that would so, fit in uh, perfectly. Uh, this one, um, the yeah, second book I uh, read in this time since we last spoke, probably not so gentle but definitely very interesting. It's called Sand Talk uh, by Tyson Junker-Porter and it's about, it's actually quite a hard book but a good book because it's around Indigenous Australian um, thinking around the meaning of everything from time uh, to different types of law, and I don't mean your type of L-A-W law, I mean L-O-R-E law, <laughs> and uh, just about society and how um, Indigenous people view different things um, to us, for example, in maybe white Australia. So time is for a really good example of um, or ownership of things is another one. And I know when we've both been up to the Northern Territory, these are things that are quite evident um, in the communities that we came across. But it's a really interesting book, but it was very um, 
philosophical and went on a lot of tangents, but that's the whole point. Like it's not meant to be linear or logical as in a lot of Western um, philosophy is. Um, so it's about showing the different ways to see the world in which we live. And I thought it was really quite good. It, it's kind of one of those important books, a bit like Dark Emu uh, by Bruce Pascoe, where you kind of get to really dig deeper into your understanding of the world in which you live and the, the foundations of our country. Um, this kind of takes a very sharp left turn into more philosophical um, understandings and it's really fascinating. So it's not a light read. There are certain parts I had to reread the whole paragraph or page because I just totally didn't understand what was going on. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Oh, that's, so it sounds really interesting because, you know, that is, um, we've talked about that before, that kind of when you're challenging those kind of fundamental cultural approaches mm-hmm. to things like time and possessions and ownership and it's like it's almost like studying philosophy. Like mm-hmm. it's really hard to wrap your mind around something like I guess it's almost like language. So, you know, once you've mm-hmm. learned it, it's really hard to kind of come at it from a different angle. Like we, we did, you know, we really saw that in the Northern Territory mm-hmm. about, you know, I mean, can you, like, even the idea of ownership is just so fascinating to have have all the things that surround you as being commonly owned by mm-hmm. your community. It's kind of a really challenging idea. Right? It is. I mean, there are, you know, whether it be communism or a kibbutz or there are other places where it's happened, but it still exists to this day where, you know, if there is a, I don't know, pair of shoes by... Um, the river and somebody walks past and goes, oh, I need to walk across the river so I'll wear them and then leave them on the other side for the next person who needs them for them to come back, for example, or whatever yeah. it is. Um, and so then to westernise it, yes. it's like I, didn't, I don't care That's about the because they were just left behind. So, it's, yeah, so how do you bridge that gap in understanding? Anyway, it's really, it's just a really fascinating it is it is and it does make you think about the concept of how ideas are structured in your mind and what you consider to be things that you don't even question so it does kind of go through some of the most foundation and sort of basic things that you well I know I take granted in a way or I just don't really examine very often but I think it's definitely something that uh it does help um, a lot more in the understanding of Indigenous culture, um, but also in, in the history of white Australia, how things evolved as a result and why the two cultures conflicted so much because it's just actually so different. And different doesn't mean bad, but we can actually learn from one another and probably more from Indigenous than the other way around. So we haven't really done that direction much. So, excuse me. Um, so, yes, yeah, so no, that was um, definitely a really good read. I also read this interesting article in the conversation um, on how Julie Gillard um, forever changed the – sorry, I'll reread that again – how Julie Gillard forever changed Australian politics, especially for women, um, by Blair Williams. It's a really evenly written um, article about the things that she did really well. So it talks about the misogyny speech, Uh, which I'll post into the show notes as well. Um, It talks about, you know, um, the successes she had. But on the same day, for example, um, Blair Williams writes that that, um, Julie Gillard actually gave that speech. 
was the same day that she reduced, uh, I think it's the New Start allowance that particularly affected single mothers by up to from $60 to $100 uh, a week or a fortnight or something like that. And so on one hand, here she's championing women, but on the other hand, not. Um, and she achieved some yeah, amazing right, things, right. but, you know, she's also a politician. There was some things she did that weren't great. So it's a very even analysis um, around her leadership, but particularly focuses on the massive shift and the door that she flung wide open for women in Australia uh, in politics. So um, she has her book. Uh, I don't, have you read it? It's called My Story. No, no, I haven't read it. Um, but now I'm off on political, I'm off in political yeah. biography land now. Maybe, so, um, yeah. Reading my way through, so I happily. So I actually just gave that to. We have a, a mutual friend whose daughter just had her thirteenth birthday this weekend, and that was actually the present for her because she's such a young budding feminist and loves strong female leadership. So I thought, what better than to give her that? And she's an avid reader as well. I mean, it's quite a thick book, not as big as uh, Malcolm Turnbull's book, but um, still quite big. Um, and she's loving it. So I thought that was a sort of. And she does, um, she has a great podcast. Yes, she does. Some in- interesting, um, I don't, I haven't visited it for a while, but she has some. And she was guests. on The Guilty Feminist as oh. well, and that was a great podcast too. So she does, um, she's a great communicator. Uh, I do like listening to her on her podcast. So, Yeah, I always feel like she didn't kind of get a clear run at no. things. That's, what, that's my perception. But how much, the time how much she do had. you think that was due to? time in which she was a leader or the fact that she was a woman in leadership or do you think maybe both yeah I don't know I think I think the nature of the the unstable nature of politics is probably primarily the the factor there as in you know that it was just you know everyone's heads on the chopping block every five Mm. minutes and what can you actually achieve beyond populist (laughs) populist kind of policy well I think I think there's, 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 it's tough. I mean, I don't, yeah, I, we're really interested to read, um, having just read journals mm. and, you know, as you really get that sense from that of what, what is involved in getting things over the line, not just within your own party, but with cross benches. And, Absolutely. You know, the Senate and how much deal making goes on to make it happen. Sure. Everything. Everything, Everything is compromised, you know. To, to get it to happen, I mean, it's a big bunch of people with egos and interests and, um, to, I mean, it's a miracle anything happens really. So, um, But I think particularly at that time within their own party that was so so constantly under No, it definitely was. But, um, I mean, for example, she did do the National Disability Insurance Scheme, the NDIS, um, the carbon credit yep. um, and a range of other things. So, she did actually achieve quite a lot and passed something like 520 um, pieces of legislation. Like the, the, she was busy in the time before she got ousted again by um, Rudd. She did get ousted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trying yeah. to remember. It was Rudd, <laughs> Gillard, Rudd. That's right. Abbott, Turnbull, Morrison. God, but you know what now that they've changed that. So the, lead, the leader is the leader. You can't have a... A political coup anymore yeah well, I think that's I mean that can only be a good thing because if you can't I mean you've got to be able to stick your neck out on policy yep. and change and if you can't be doing that without worrying about whether you'll last the next day well, exactly 
I don't think we've got any hope of reforming or changing anything. No, but, it's so um, true. And tell me, yeah. what's the podcast um, that you've been listening to? Um, okay, so this is uh, a BBC um, yep. po- podcast. So, um, yep. and it's called <laughs> it's called Fortunately with Me mm-hmm. and Jane. And I think that I don't know who they are. Fee and Jane. Fee um, and Jane. And they are BBC broadcasters. So they're, they're right. professional. And so, so just like us. This is their. <laughs> yeah, just like just professional. Professional just like us. Oh, professional and, broadcasters. Um, professional Not professional. Yeah. I thought we're professionals <laughs> who happen to broadcast. And who happen to broadcast. <laughs> Um, and they're, they're yes. very funny. They are, uh, they interview someone in each episode, and I've only I've only listened to two. But I am totally away listening to them. They they really are very funny, and they uh, have some really great guests. So they just had um, and oh, yeah. as a interviewee mm-hmm. uh, talking about her book and being locked down and right, so the writing process and so on, but. Uh, yeah, so I think the, the focus is a chat and then a guest, but they are very funny. Um, so have a listen. See, okay. See if it's your style. See if you like it. I, I just think they're really funny, so I'm, I'm happy to keep rolling through the 148 <laughs> episodes. God. But speaking of that, just as a seed of a thought, I mean, we haven't ever had a guest on our podcast. Is that something that maybe we should have a chat about? That Just when you said that, I'm thinking, hmm, maybe we should start having guests. And oh, well, I was thinking Margaret show. Atwood. Um, you know, you've got to go for the big ones. And I've got a few friends in publishing, so maybe you never know. You never okay, know. we'll talk about that one. Oh, well, I'm sure I've got a cousin okay. in Israel somewhere who knows someone who knows someone. <laughs> we could interview someone who yeah. also watched Or we could, you know, like Gogglebox, we could like film people watching Fowder and then comment on it. <laughs> well, I'm sure no, we'd be able no. to find people. Okay. Well, well I I haven't yeah, been listening to any podcasts, yeah. but I've been a little bit nerdy. So with this whole COVID thing, right? So I've actually been doing some work around um, delivering some webinars about the impact of COVID on work, uh, particularly, and how going back to work and what's going to shift and change. Um, so the future of work and how it's been fast tracked to today. So subsequently, I've been listening to lots of webinars through the Australian Institute. I've been reading at the Lowy Institute, have some great articles. Um, I've been even, I've even been watching the National Press Club speeches. (laughs) So Karen Andrews, who's the Minister for Industry, Science and Technology, was on week before last. Last week was Scott Morrison on the... um, shifts around training and re-educating people to skill up for the new world order. Um, but look, the actual part, their speeches themselves aren't that interesting because they're written by, you know, some speechwriter and it's a, it's a policy launch. But the questions that are asked afterwards for about half an hour to 40 minutes are really quite good. So you, you actually get an understanding of not just the policy, but just like what's going on in the mindset of the the national government, the federal government rather. Um, And yeah, I've been finding that really interesting to help me gauge where are we headed. Uh, Yeah, so I've been a bit nerdy lately and reading up on on a lot of that. 
So, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's well and truly in the research. Category. My social research degree is coming up flying, <laughs> as is my psychology. It's quite remarkable. So, um, yeah, that's my that's my 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 batch. That's our list. That's so, our list. well, Liz, okay, look, go. happy okay, one-year well, anniversary. Well. And here's to many, many more. Yes, you too. Thanks, Natalie. Elizabeth, for giving yes. me by my full name. feeling like I'm in trouble or something. Did I do something wrong? Okay, good. You're not in good, 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 good. Well, I might just jump in and say quickly before right, we well, say goodbye to everybody to remind them that all of the information from today's podcast will be available on our show notes, which is at outofthebubble.com.au. Um, you can also listen to us on uh, not just from the website but also on your favourite streaming service. Please subscribe. Um, and then very importantly, uh, please leave a comment as well, like a rating. We love the five out of fives. So thank you to everyone who's done that. We love you guys. Um, and then last but not least, please share it with your friends and tell everybody you know about Out of the Bubble. Um, we are going to be starting to get more and more out of the bubble physically over the next coming weeks. So it would be fun to share some of our adventures with you. There you go. That's a nice little Lovely. marketing wrap. Thank, thank you. you. Do that so well. That's you okay. That so well, well you know, you. you do the written well, well, you do well, the writing part. You're the one who do, you know, all the sort of like the, the beginning of the show notes and the summary and you're such a wizard that. So we play to our strengths. We play to our strengths. Excellent. That's for sure. All right, now we'll see Sounds you. Sounds good, Dan. Take care week. and stay, stay safe. Mm-hmm.